Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Taking a walk. I have to say, um, well, the guitar was always something. Even though I was a pianist, and I played piano from five until forever, um, but guitar became the instrument of choice at, I think I was 11, closing in on 12. And it it just became something which I was absolutely addicted to. Welcome to another edition of the Taking a Walk podcast. An exploration into music with musicians and insiders with a story to tell. On this episode, join our host Buzz Knight as he speaks to Trevor Rabin. He's a musician, a songwriter, a film composer, known for his work in Yes and numerous film scores like Con Air, Homegrown, Armageddon, and many more with the legendary Jerry Bruckheimer. Trevor has a new project called Rio, and he joins Buzz next on Taking a Walk. Trevor, nice to talk to you. Good to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm great. We talked uh, many moons ago when I was a baby DJ in uh, Columbus, Ohio. You were out um, promoting a date with Yes then. Oh, my goodness. It was the... Um, That's amazing. It was Shoot High, Aim Low. and From the Big Generator record. That's correct. Yeah, I asked you. I said, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you... Uh, rate the ability to dance to that song and you said zero (laughs) (laughs) i think that's about right (laughs) yeah well congratulations on uh the release of rio your um 
first solo album of uh, uh, vocals in 34 years. What have you been, are you been slacking off all this time? You know, I wish I'd been slacking off, but unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess I should say, I got into film scoring once I left uh, the band, and it just never stopped from from the first minute I started until quite recently. I just been doing film after film, but it's funny. I look back on the thirty odd years from the last vocal solo album, and I think doesn't feel that long. I mean, one of my early movies was Armageddon, and I look back at Armageddon, and it's, it doesn't feel that long ago. It feels like it could have been a week ago. So, you know, because of so much work was going on, it all feels kind of truncated, and, you know, suddenly I look in the mirror, and I'm 30 years older. Um, but the, the great thing is, I, I, because I was doing something else, coming into doing this album, I really felt fresh, because I hadn't done it for so long. So what got you into the film scoring? Tell me about that. Well, you know, I had an incredible teacher when, you know, I grew up in a musical family. I, my dad would joke I could read music before English. And uh, I studied orchestration and uh, arrangement and conducting and all that stuff. But this brilliant guy, Professor Walter Money, he was abs- unbelievable teacher, inspiring teacher. And I was a terrible student, so it was clearly all his fault. But uh, after, after, yes, I, I really wanted to work with orchestra, and uh, one of the best places to do it uh, was uh, doing film. And uh, I was just very lucky enough to get into it, and within the third movie I was doing uh, all Jerry Brockheimer's movies. I think I did 13 of his, and I looked back in 50 years, 50 movies ago, and uh, that's when I started. So uh, here we are 30 years later, so... I, I, I certainly was slacking off with doing this album, but uh, not doing music. So what was the process of the whole uh, film scoring? How long would it typically take for your work to be completed? You know, I would say uh, uh, generally a film would be between two and a half and three months full time. And I would get the film, you know, you read the script, you see if you want to work together, and then you do... I get the film... Just as it's finishing, uh, it's nearing the final cut. And that's when I would get, although I get earlier cuts so that I could just inspire and, and write themes. And, you know, even if it was just a three-note theme, and then I would write the full orchestra piece later. But uh, then they'd would, there'd be what's called a spotting session where the, the, the very uh, first final cut, the, the final cut never means the final cut, but I would sit with the director and the film editor and we would discuss where music is literally going to fall on the movie. And you're talking about, uh, you know, tiny increments. For example, say the first um, piece of music that comes into the film comes in at two hours, one minute, and six frames. It means on the, the six frames where the, the girl shuts her eyes. So when you see the eyelid shut on eight frame eight, that's where the music starts. And that might just be a piano piece that goes for eight seconds. And then the next piece might be um, a seven-piece string, a a, a seven-minute orchestral piece for a chase scene, which would have the kitchen sink on it. And that would go for seven minutes, nine seconds, and three frames. 
so it's very specific. And then you'd get to like 60 pieces of music. And uh, once those are all shoveled, you've done. <laughs> <laughs> so what fueled your brilliant curiosity as a uh, young lad in Johannesburg? I have to say, um, well, the guitar was all, always something, even though I was a pianist, and I played piano from five until uh, forever, um, but guitar became the instrument of choice at, I, was, I think I was 11, at closing in on 12, and it just, it just became something which I was absolutely addicted to. And then I think at about 17, 18, I became completely obsessed with, um, well, I was always, you know, because of my father, who's a classic, you know, uh, first violinist in the Johannesburg Symphony Orchestra, there was classical music all the time in the family. And I became, a, and, you know, I knew all the Bs, Bach, Beethoven, Brahms, and, you know, I, I keep hearing that all my life. But then I came across Arnold Schoenberg, and he just blew me away. One of the great composers of the uh, last century. We've had on this podcast uh, some of your past mates from, yes, Steve Howe and John Anderson. And I was uh, intrigued by their diversity of influences. Um, so your influences are just as diverse, maybe even more diverse. Um, how do you still keep it diverse? Uh, just by listening, I, I'd listen to a lot of music. And, you know, I listen to mostly classical music um, or, or great guitar players. But my son, who's a phenomenal producer and was in a band called Group Love, I don't know if you remember them, they're still going, actually. He left the band to be a producer three years after three albums. But uh, he keeps me up to date on what's happening in the music business because it's such a changed place. I don't even recognize it, mostly. Are you still um, friendly with the, the Yes camp? Yeah, you know, it's so sad. Uh, Ellen White and Chris, as you know, recently died, and uh, I miss them so much. They were really, really close friends. And, uh, and then, obviously, I've loved going on the road with uh, John and Rick, and Rick and I have always been close, and uh, him and I want to do... When time allows, him and I want to do an album just with piano and acoustic guitar. Uh, so we're still in touch. And had you um, always been involved with, like, the banjo and dobro and instruments like that? Because I know that's part of uh, of Rio. Yeah, it's a funny thing, you know, uh, about because when I was pretty much a teenager going into my 20s in South Africa, I was a session musician working, you know, flat out kind of, and uh, the sessions would change from a movie session with a big orchestra to a, to a heavy rock session or to a country session, and country music is huge in South Africa. So very often I'd be playing a banjo um, or mandolin or even pedal steel on some sessions, uh, but uh, essentially playing a Telecaster with a B-bender, which is, you know, pretty much a country thing. Um, it was a, a big love of mine and always has been. So if you could play with a dream session um, with individuals either living or deceased, who would that session be with? Uh, probably Union Station. Tell me about that. Um, uh, God, what's, what's the name of 
Union Station is with uh, the, that country singer. Oh, my. Alison Krauss? Alison Krauss and Union Station. I mean, just such great players in there. And, the, you know, the, the uh, Dobro uh, Douglas is just phenomenal. Oh, is that Jerry Douglas? Yeah, Jerry Douglas, yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And isn't it really neat how um, Mr. Plant has... Uh, evolved into his present uh his present work oh i i love robert i've not, you know i've lo- known robert for probably 40 years and uh, we've we've always been friends i remember going to his show um years ago and uh waiting backstage because they said he was changing and record company guy went in and said robert trevor's here and he said I'll bring the bloody South African in. <laughs> Here's a funny old card. <laughs> so I want to ask you, everybody talks about artificial intelligence now, and uh, I'd like to get your perspective on it in terms of things you love about it relating to your music and things you fear of it. Well, what I fear, you know, I'm, I'm 70 in three months, so um, I've, I am kind of got through the business in the probably one of the golden eras of the uh, music business, but the new music business, I think, scares me mostly for young musicians. I mean, you know, uh, young film composers uh, don't get treated as well as they used to. They don't get, you know, I mean, a lot of, I've seen a lot of film composers doing movies for no money and just saying you're going to get it on your BMI check. So something's got to happen so that, you know, listen, there's been the writer's strike and there's been the uh, actor's strike. Um, I think the musicians need to be looked after as well, especially the young ones coming up. Who are some of the producers uh, that have influenced you? Um, I think, um, you mean record producers? Yes. Yes. Uh, I think my uh, a guy. There was a guy who just died in South Africa. A phenomenal producer called Julian Laxton. A phenomenal producer, and then I'd say uh, along with that would be Mutt Lang. I think he's absolutely brilliant. So let's talk about Rio, and um, and then also talk about Oklahoma as well, which is uh, striking. Right. Um, Tell me about how proud you are of this work. You know, um, I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. And, um, you know, Oklahoma goes back a long time. You know, I had become, I'd worked really hard to become an American citizen and went through all this, absolutely, all the legal ramifications and uh, procedures to do so. And uh, when I became, uh, actually, we played in L.A. that night with, uh, with yes. And Rick draped me in an American flag, and I, I, it was just such an exciting moment. And, you know, go a couple of years forward, and in 95, you know, the uh, federal building gets blown up in Oklahoma, and I had this kind of sick feeling in my stomach, and it just led me to want to write a song about it. But I clearly didn't want to release it or do anything right then and there. It would have been pretty crass, and, you know and exploitive and so i you know now 30 years later 
I can look at it and just look at it as a commentary and uh, a tribute, really. That's 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 amazing and uh, something for you your work to be certainly very very proud of. So looking forward here, how do you how do you just stay so energized around your work? You know, I have to say, um, when 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 film is happening, there's a inherent discipline that you have to have. Uh, every day you're faced with a blank page and you have to fill it. Luckily, you're watching pictures, so you know, you, it's, it's a, the ready-made video. And it's funny, the better the actor, the, the easier it, it is to write music to him. Like the rhythm of Denzel Washington or Anthony Hopkins makes writing music to dialogue much more fluid. Um, but I, I think as far as, you know, in, being inspired all the time, uh, there are moments where I go through a, a month and I'll be practicing and playing the guitar, but I'm not writing anything and I think, oh man, I've I got to get into it and procrastination sets in. And if I'm off a movie for a month on holiday or something, um, once the movie starts, I have no choice. But doing an album like this takes a lot more energy because there's, uh, you know, the whole concept is revolved around the record. There's no movie or dialogue or anything. It, the dialogue is you. So um, that's something which uh, takes a lot of energy. And, uh, I, and luckily I had it on for this album because I hadn't done one for so long. But what it's also led to is I can't wait to do another one. I really enjoyed it. So I want to close with this. We, uh, we produced this other podcast called Music Save Me, which is about the power of music, the healing power, and what it means to musicians. Um, do you believe that music is therapeutic and has healing power? I absolutely believe it does. And in fact, it's, uh, one a strange thing is at one point many years ago, I wanted to get into meditation, but my brain can't keep still, so I could never you know, slow down to, to meditate. And then early, quite early, um, maybe 20 years ago, I realized that, you know what? My Zen moment, my meditation is when I'm in the studio. Very often my wife will come to me, and on, on Rio she came to me and she said, no, it's 9.30 in the morning. Have you been here? When did you get into the studio? And I realized, oh, I haven't gone to bed yet. I forgot. And she'll say, well... You must. Do you want some breakfast? And I say, oh my God, I'm starve, starving. But I don't think about it because that Zen kind of feeling, that meditational feeling, is. I, it's that's what the music does for me when I'm. And even when I'm on stage, the same thing happens. So, I absolutely feel that music is one of the medicinal necessities of the, of the earth. Well, thank you for the medicinal necessities that you've given me and the world, and I'm so grateful to reconnect with you again, Trevor. Well, that was great talking to you. Thank you. Congrats on everything. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Taking a Walk podcast. Share this and other episodes with your friends and follow us so you never miss an episode. Taking a Walk is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.